The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And wow, we are well into five years and 300 plus episodes, 350, I think we're getting to. So it's we're, we're starting to podcast in our sleep. But hopefully it's not sounding that like that to you guys, because we're keeping you guys excited. Uh, we're in the midst of our really long glossary series. Hope you're really enjoying that, going over pretty much every term and concept around AI and automation, big data and analytics. And uh, really, we've heard from a lot of you. Many of you have really enjoyed that. And that's what we like. You know, reach out to us because we, even though we've been podcasting for so many years, we don't like talking to ourselves. You know, the audience is why we're here. You guys are here. And man, we are just, we're, I think now number two or number three podcast in the entire AI category. So really thank all of you, our listeners, for helping us get there. And um, I mentioned we we are interspersing our, our glossary series with lots of great interviews with real thought leaders in AI and data. And uh, many of you are appreciating that as well. So stay tuned. We're, we're definitely multiple times a week now on the podcast. We have so much stuff queued up. And um, also, you know, we'll, we'll let you know because we're, we've got a great community here of folks and we're, we've provided a ton of resources uh, to really bring you uh, all together here with, with our group. So on that note, really just wanted to thank you. And also, you know, for our, our podcast today, we have a great interview. We have a great interview with, with Connor Atchison, who is the CEO of WiseDocs, and he's going to provide some really great insights for our listeners. So thank you, Connor, so much for joining us on the AI Today podcast. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Kathleen. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. We're really looking forward to the discussion today. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background, your current role at WiseDocs, and maybe the creation story of WiseDocs for our listeners that don't know it. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Connor Atchison. I am the CEO and founder of WiseDocs. And WiseDocs is uh, an AI platform that automates, organizes, and sorts medical records for claims. So it really helps the insurance industry and anyone that's touching a claim uh, navigate that process faster, quicker, and more efficiently. And it really, it all started uh, from my background firsthand. Uh, I spent over a decade in the federal government working within the health, health system. And I was really adamant about trying to implement change from a digitization standpoint, from automation uh, of claims and manual processes. And uh, that struck me as something that was a little bit uh, archaic and, and kind of dated. And uh, that's where I kind of dove in. And then, unfortunately, I got pulled into the system for short-term disability. Um, and I actually had to navigate that for 18 months, as well as a family member on a, on a different uh, incident uh, was in a catastrophic impairment. So going through the tort system and, and plaintiff defense. So I got very familiar very quickly uh, as an administrator, but also as an individual navigating that claims process. And that's why I started WiseOx to help individuals uh, get through that process faster, uh, resolve a claim quicker, find those efficiencies and, and get that autonomy back in their life. So, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, and that is one of those big areas that we know that AI and advanced analytics and natural language processing and all that stuff could really... Yeah provide a lot of value. We all interact with our healthcare providers and we wonder why there's so much paperwork, so much documentation and still stuff just like, you know, 
it's so inefficient. <laughs> it's like, you know, we talk about all the cost of, of, uh, you know, healthcare and medical care. And we're like thinking like, you know, is, you know, is it, is it the, the people providing the care? Is it the equipment and the facilities? Sometimes it's like all this other stuff that gets in the way. And I'm really glad that you're providing uh, some, some benefit there. So it sounds like you have a good background there. So, so tell us a little bit more. Can, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper here and tell us a little bit how WiseDocs yeah. has leveraged AI. Like how is you bringing AI into the insurance sector and maybe some of the specific areas and processes where uh, mm-hmm. AI has really created some of this breakthrough ability to, to solve some of this inefficiency? Yeah, I know a great question. And uh, I think, you know, this is, you know, there's a lot of buzz right now, a lot of, uh, you know, fervor on around generative models and, and a lot of the releases over the end of Q4. And I think that's really been changing, you know, the trends and, and how companies are adopting to to use AI. Um, but again, it's it's experimental. We're in that that first kind of kickoff and stage. And really what we've been doing prior to this was, you know, building a lot of, of models and application layers so that we could start you know, aggregating that data, learning from those insights, understanding, you know, what is the real pain point for each individual navigating very disparate and unstructured data using these models. So things can be more effective, more efficient, and it can just give them time back. And I think now with the company, you know, with with our new product releases on summaries and, and really understanding at high level uh, the context and sentiment in the medical record, that's just going to propel it to another level. And I think now more than ever is a great time to be in the AI space when you can build multiple models, not one as a single bullet, but multiple models that can tie into an application layer that can really pro- provide value to the end user. And, and that, uh, I think, is going to change you know, our entire economy over the next decade. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's it's an interesting time and space to be, you know, focused on the insurance industry, especially with artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. So can you talk about how AI is impacting jobs in the insurance industry? Many different roles and industries, you know, they're being augmented by AI and mm-hmm. automation, things like that. But, you know, maybe can you share with us what you've seen with how AI specifically is impacting jobs in the insurance industry? Yeah, I know. Another great question. And, uh, you know, I think when you really look at it, the trends that I'm seeing and, you know, conversations that I'm having, you, there is that fear, oh, it's going to replace my job. But what we're not looking at, too, is there's a lot of uh, transition and there's a lot of attrition within the industry. So we're start- starting to see a lot of that knowledge that has been there for decades. Individuals are retiring. COVID uh, preempted a lot of people saying, I'm just not going back to work. Uh, it changed a lot of uh, the in-office type uh, uh, application of, of the workforce. So when you start seeing this knowledge uh, gap begin and you're getting younger individuals coming in in the unjust, uh, adjuster space and the underwriting space, it, it's trying to capture that and retain it. And I think that's the power of where AI is going to help those individuals understand what was historically heuristic-based. You know, there was a process. Someone understood it. They, they've done it hundreds of times. They know how to underwrite risk. Um, well, when you're just starting out and only have a couple of years experience, how do we accelerate that individual and give them the skill sets and enable them? And that's really where AI is going to shift the insurance industry. And that's how I see it. And, and anecdotally, what I've been hearing and talking with individuals within the space. Um, so it's going to be an interesting time. I don't think it's going to be a complete um, you know, eradication of people's jobs and uh, sentient beings are going to just take over. I think it's, it's more of an empowerment tool that we're going to find higher value tasks and unlock greater efficiencies and more effect. 
Yeah, and I think that's really um, part of what we're hoping. You know, part of part of what we we think about, like a lot of us who have been in, involved with AI for for many years, we see AI in its sort of what we call the narrow applications of AI: computer vision, mm -hmm. natural language processing, predictive analytics, and pattern and anomalies, and autonomous systems, and hyper personalization, and goal driven mm -hmm. systems. Those were our seven patterns of AI. By the way, just drop that in there. Might as well. And and when people think about AI kind of more in the general society, they think about, you know, intelligent machines, general intelligence. We're far away from that. Mm -hmm. People don't realize yeah. is that a lot of the have of the of the practical work that's happening with AI today is happening in these sort of less sexy, uh, but also less con I mean, there's some there's some different aspects of things we need to be concerned about here, but I don't think we need mm -hmm. to worry about insurance machine bots, you know, AI bots taking over the world. That's not usually what's written about in fiction. Uh, but, you know, I think <laughs> I, so. So but I think we really want to see how AI is really helping to improve that customer mm -hmm. experience, you know, optimize some of these underwriting processes that we've been talking about and enabled more personalized insurance offerings. So maybe you could tell us these ways in which AI and WiseDocs has been applying AI in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's really been the goal and the vision of, of the, the business from day one was, you know, think of it, if we can take a, a claims process end to end, and that's manual, uh, very inefficient, very cumbersome, um, very tedious, and reduce that from a month, a week, a day, regardless of the duration, we're, we're creating that value, not just for the claimant, but also for the provider, um, the payer, the entire ecosystem. And how we go about doing that is is really taking something, you know, the best analogy I use is you take a, a book, 2,000 pages, rip the spine off the back of the book, throw it in the air, mess it all around, put it all back together, and then try to understand that, that story, that narrative end to end. But the caveat is there's no page numbers. Give me a synopsis on that in real time. How do you do it? it it's That's how complex a medical record is. That's how complex the system is. Um, that you know the the adjusters and the underwriters are constantly involved in is they're trying to make sense of this really messy, messy unstructured data. So our tool allows them to condense that, organize it, and automate it in a way where instead of spending eight hours to look through a, a medical record, you can spend fifteen minutes to an hour and actually come to a better outcome and conclusion. So you know that's the value that we're adding. It's the empowerment. It's the enablement for the individual. Um, it's almost like, you know, I, I was on a previous podcast, you know, you had a horse and buggy and then you had the car and, uh, you know, at the time, if you're in a horse and buggy, you're like, that's the best way. That's the only way. Well, all of a sudden now you have, uh, an automated horse, which is the car and everything just changes the entire economy. It's the same thing in insurance. When we can start giving that time back for higher value tasks and individuals don't have to do it manually, don't have to spend that time in, in tedious mundane work you're getting better outcomes across the business, across the business units, and obviously the claimants themselves. Yeah, we talk about this idea a lot, you know, this idea of augmented intelligence, where you're not replacing the mm. human, but you're helping them do their job better. And I love to hear examples of how you save all of that time, right? You know, you cut a process yeah. down from eight hours to 15 minutes. I mean, wow, right? 
And also you're taking out, we also say you're taking the robot out of the human, right? So we're allowing humans to do higher value tasks. We're allowing them to do things that they in themselves enjoy more, feel more fulfilled doing at work. Yeah. And maybe you're not able, you know, you're able to do more work with the same amount of people. Like, wow, what does that mean for efficiency for your organization? How can you really power things forward? So those are, we always love to talk about that. But Whenever we're talking about artificial intelligence, we always talk about mm -hmm. data, you know, because data is mm -hmm. the heart of AI. So we need to make sure that we are approaching this and thinking about that. So how do you address concerns related to data privacy, transparency, and ethical mm -hmm. considerations while still harnessing the power of AI in the insurance industry? Yeah, I, I think that's that's really what the the next stage with a lot of these generative models, like there was a, a Wall Street Journal article just uh, released and there's a ton of money going into a lot of these early stage startups, but these startups don't have data. And then we we go to the next issue is, okay, if you have the data, how are you securing it? How is it ethical? And we've taken an approach from, from day one, build a very strong and robust security framework and, and best practice. And that's through your regulation and, and, and compliance components, like your SOC 2, your HIPAA compliance, your high trust, ISO. Um, so when you actually build everything around that, you set yourself up success to handle that data properly as a custodian and, and you know, make sure that you're taking all the safeguards that are required and, and then building things in a way that can de-identify, you know, using, using similar principles like GDPR um, and some of the, the new legislation passed in California. How do we actually, you know, create another layer? And if we can de-identify that, that information, run it through the models it doesn't have a bias. And I think that's where we're going to be really careful because if, if we if we, um, if we we give too much leeway, there, there is ultimately going to be bias and there's a lot of gray and uh, especially with some of the new new technologies coming out. But how do we actually retain that, make sure that we're protecting any the information of the individual, but also making sure that, you know, there is an unbiased approach that we're getting the right information that is factual and, uh, you know, not inundated with noise. I don't know if that answers the question or <laughs> if you want to go a little more detailed on that. No, no, that that's that's perfectly that that's that's exactly what, what people need to be talking about. That's what we need to be hearing about because obviously, you know, as as Kathleen likes to say a lot, you know, the behind data are people. I mean, like, you know, we talk about yeah. data records and patients, we're talking about people and and, <laughs> and we manipulate it's hard to say we're manipulating data or doing data when you're like might be dealing with someone's livelihood or their health or or finances or their family or any of this sort of stuff. So it's very, very important. And when we think about that, that provides a lot of uh, visibility. And, you know, it's also something we spent a lot of time talking about in uh, many of our listeners know that we have a methodology called CPMAI. That is a best practice methodology for putting AI and uh, projects into practice based on CRISPGM, which has been around for decades. And then, of course, enhanced with Agile and AI specific. And of course, we even now, a lot of people say, well, how do we put even ethical and, and uh, trustworthy, responsible AI ideas into practice? Because a lot of times we talk about these things, uh, ethical and responsible AI, which are incredibly important. But then people say, well, what, what does that mean for me? How do I actually change my uh, behaviors? Uh, uh, and also, how do I make my organization more responsive? So one of the things we've actually been putting together very recently for a lot of large organizations is we have now these two-day in-person workshops we're doing focused on trustworthy AI framework development, where every organization needs to figure out what their structures are for responding mm -hmm. to issues, how do they control their development organizations, how they deal with ingesting data, providing models. There's a lot of things to consider, something like 80 or 90 different 
elements. And so it's hard to just learn about them. So one of the things we're doing, and for all of our any of our listeners that are interested, we're doing these right now in person. So if you're interested in a two-day workshop for your organization to bring your team to build a practical, trustworthy AI framework, just reach out to us. It's not like available on the site right now, but just reach out to us uh, at info, I-N-F-O, at Cognolytica, C-O-G-N-I-L-Y. T-I-C-A.com. But enough of that little infomercial, really, we really want to dive deeper here because as mentioned, you know, a lot of our listeners have been hearing about AI adoption across so many different industries, you know, and you know, insurance being, you know, one of those uh, industries that has consistently been on the forefront of technology. So as you see AI sort of raising and rising uh, in terms of adoption across these industries, what do you see that maybe people who might be a little apprehensive, you know, they 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 they, they read the science fictiony stuff and some of the, the real legitimate things that are happening in the press, people making some big mistakes, and they, they may yeah. be a little apprehensive, you know, concerned. And you know, what do you think they should really be more excited about and say, hey, you know, this is the silver lining on that cloud, if you want to think about it, uh, around AI adoption, especially as it pertains to uh, insurance. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, and that is a really good question is like, okay, what is, what does the future hold? And, you know, I would just kind of base it loosely on any technical advancement, you know, it just it elevates what we do and how fast we can go. Um, and I think that there's a lot of good with that. But as we talked about before, as long as we can do it ethically, there's safeguards and there's bumpers you know, we're, we're, we're able to have better predictions and assess that risk on where it's going. And if it's done right, I think, you know, you, you open up all kinds of new avenues to new industry. You're finding, um, you know, like I'm just looking at, you know, if we can really streamline and continue on this path in the medical record space, like you start getting better value-based care, you get, you know, claims at, at, you know, lower payouts, there's more efficiencies, you know, the claimants are getting the, the healthcare they need and the treatment plans they need. You're getting precision medicine, you're getting, you know, all of this like very, very customized um, and, and now scalable solutions that improves people's lives. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking more from the medical standpoint and, and my background and from the insurance, but, you know, I think that can be applied to other industries as well. You're just going to get greater and greater multipliers um, in the sense of like finding, you know, just better efficiencies and, and better overall life and work-life balance and, and outcomes. So it's exciting. It's, 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 uh, very cutting edge and and at the forefront of of innovation and where everything is going. Kind of like you know, World Wide Web, and then we had cloud compute, and now we have you know the potential of uh, commercializing these generative models. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, we also you know love to say learn from others, right? And so we've made sure that we've had lots of use case podcasts with how AI is being applied in different industries because just because it may not be an exact correlation with you know how it's being applied mm -hmm. in insurance, it doesn't mean that you can't look to other industries to say, wow, what are they doing? Uh, you know, how is this this industry? doing this? How is this industry doing it? And it gives you lots of ideas. And that's one thing that we love, right? We always say learn from others and failures. Mm -hmm. You can learn a lot more sometimes than successes. We had a really popular AI failure series and we went over 10 common reasons why AI projects fail because people don't talk about that. And there's so much to be learned. It's like, don't make these same mistakes yourself. You don't need to. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we always like to learn from others. Maybe for some of our listeners that are thinking of starting a company or they have a startup in this space, 
What advice do you have for other startups or insurance companies looking to adopt AI in today's market? Yeah, I, I would say uh, it's it's about partnerships and it's about learning. So going back to to your point, it's it's how do we learn faster and collaborate and uh, kind of like not step on the landmines per se or or you know trip ourselves up and learn from the experience of others. But really, the the future is going to be that those partnerships where you have very agile, nimble, quick startups. But you're going to need data, and I think that's where you're ne- you're going to need to go to like these larger corporations that are more seasoned, uh, larger and upstream. But those partnerships are where you're going to see the the effect and kind of that knock on. And uh, that's the advice I would give. Um, the more you can collaborate, the more you can network, the more you can really hone in on applying that that unique focus or niche. Um, that's where the wins will be, rather than trying to spread it out and uh, over everything and trying to do too much. Uh, so just really focus, find good partners, get good networks, really know your product market fit, understand the pain point, what you're solving. And then, uh, and then just go towards that and execute against it. Sounds pretty solid. <laughs> it's like <laughs> solid entrepreneurial advice. I mean, uh, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. I mean, we we understand that you know, uh, you know, some markets are really frothy, right? I mean, like we, Kathleen and yeah. I have also very much involved in sort of startup ecosystem stuff, and yeah, the venture capital world. It's like it's its own reality to some extent, and sometimes it's a little yeah. disconnected from what's happening in the actual customer adoption world. But you can never go wrong listening to the customers, even. Even if you spend too much time listening to the investors, you just focus on the customers because because they have the the durability and the longevity, and hopefully you know have a nice little overlap there where you make everybody happy, and then you can grow and then you know become the next billion dollar, multi billion dollar unicorn. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, um, and that and that's part of what makes makes a lot of this work. So. Um, you know, I guess I guess a question for you, you know, really has to do. I know we have like a little final question we usually ask, but let me just sort of inject one question here about about um, what you might see that might be different. You know, what do people, given that you have knowledge of the insurance industry, and and I'm sure you have knowledge of in other industries as well, but from what you know, like what do you think makes the insurance industry perhaps? unique and different from, let's say, other industries that are also adopting, you know, AI, even in healthcare or in pharma mm-hmm. or manufacturing or, you know, any of these spaces, you know, what what do you think might be that unique uh, difference? I, I think it's really, you know, I, you know, I don't want to sound too cliche because, you know, every, every person within their, you know, subject matter expertise is going to say, you know, it's ripe for innovation, but really the insurance space is, you know, kind of what you, what we've talked about before is, it's not the sexiest industry, you know, it's one of the largest industries on the planet. And I think one of the, the third or fourth largest period, but people don't look at it in the same way as like autonomous, you know, vehicles, self-driving vehicles, or, you know, putting, you know, rockets on the moon. Um, you know, those are all flashy, fun and, and interesting industries. And insurance is interesting. It's just, it's just not, it doesn't have that buzz. Right. And I think because of that, is often been, you know, just set on itself path. Uh, innovation's a bit slower. You have a lot of legacy systems. You've got so many different data sources over decades and decades of, of operation. And it's really trying to find how do we put it all together to streamline it um, in, in a more effective uh, effective manner. So, you know, I think it's really, you know, in the coming years, it's, it's ripe for that innovation and that change. And we're going to see a lot of, you know, like 10 years ago, we didn't have online brokers or you know you couldn't renew your car insurance you have to go in and do it in person like maybe maybe not 10 but 15 years ago 
but you just start seeing that shift. We got to really start looking at the consumer embedded insurance products, you know, how we're finding these effective new business lines, how we're taking all the data and making better risk assessments and adjustments. All these things are going to be compounded uh, with, you know, the release of more and more powerful models and, and more automation. Yeah, you know, it's interesting too, because we also talk about how there are certain industries that they've just done things, right? The status quo and mm-hmm. that it really is ripe for innovation. And then other, and also some of the applications, you know, we had talked about narrow AI earlier and people always want, you know, this crazy, sexy thing. And they're like, well, we want to just move forward. But mm-hmm. mo- all of the applications that we have right now are narrow applications. And some of them are very mundane, but, you know, we talked about, oh, you go from something where you're, it's eight hours to 15 minutes, what kind of output, mm. you know, that tremendous efficiency that you're gaining, and that's boring, right? That's not something that's sexy. Yeah. That's not something that people it's going to make headlines, but it's something that organizations really care about because it does drive you so, you know, forward and it really helps with whatever it is that you're doing. So we continue to monitor all different industries, see how they are applying AI. And we have been covering AI on AI today since 2017. The innovation that has happened since 2017 is insane. I know that different uh, (laughs) fields have different trajectory, but I'm like, it's been insane what has happened with AI. (laughs) So, Connor, we have had such a wonderful podcast, and I know we could go on forever, but we always like to wrap up with the final question, because no matter how many times we have done this, we always get such varied responses. And that's why we love this question so much. You're able to bring your unique experiences, maybe some things that you personally are looking forward to. So what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond? I think, um, you know, again, I kind of alluded to that you know, at the, the start of the, the podcast, you know, it's, it's very experimental now. We're really trying to figure out how to get this to scale uh, and, and referencing the generative models and, and the trends that we're kind of in. But it, then it's also from scale to commoditize that essentially where's the commercial application. And I think that that's the next kind of, you know, inflection point per se, when we can find that and tap into it. Um, then there's going to be something else that builds on top of that and it'll continue to go faster. So, you know, it, it's, and there's no silver bullet. I think as we start looking at, you know, uh, more, more models being released, um, you have LLMs, you'll have your generative models, your natural language uh, understanding, all of this stuff will eventually start coming together in a really nice shape or way that then can power tools that sit on top of it, that application layer that I talked about before. And, and that's where we're going to see inroads into things that, you know, it's exciting. Like there's there's all kinds of aspects from like how we can predict outcomes. Um, you can weight certain things. Like it really takes healthcare and, and just about any industry that has raw data, and we can transform that into new meanings and ways to apply it to to find better business outcomes and business decisions. So I think you know the next stage in the future is all about that. Like once this is commercialized, once we have this widely applied. Um, you know, what will come after, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm not totally sure. Is it going to be sentient? Uh, probably far away from there. But, uh, you know, generalized AI is definitely moving in the right direction. So that could be the next next layer, right? When you don't need the human in the loop, when you don't have to supervise things, um, and you're getting that repeatability, that consistency, and kind of the augmentation at a very, very high level. Um, it's pretty fascinating stuff. So great time to be in the AI space, great time to to be heads down on this and see where it actually trans- transforms uh, the economy. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, technology is a tool, right? I mean, I know sometimes I like to anthropomorphize things and things that things are like, you know, creatures, but, but these are tools and, and effective technology really helps make us more effective. You know, think about all the technology we've had for thousands of years. We know we're not, you know, powering things with humans and animals every, you know, all day. We'd be not having, we wouldn't even be talking about insurance if that was the case. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about 100% fetching well, fetching water from wells and (laughs) grinding, grinding things with grinding wheels. So, uh, but here we are. Here we are in modern ecosystem, and AI is a modern tool for modern organizations to do modern things. So if you're an organization and you're not doing something with AI, you might find yourself becoming obsolete. So really, uh, you know, pay attention. You know, be part of this trend. That's why we've been talking about AI for for years and uh, for decades. Some people have been talking about AI. So, uh, but but we are in the here and now. So. Uh, and this has been fantastic. You know, uh, we've been thrilled to have our featured guest here, WiseDocs, who's also a sponsor of this podcast episode. So we really encourage you to check out what they are doing at wisedocs.com. And we also have additional resources in our podcast show notes. Really check out the stuff we talked about, Seven Patterns of AI, Two-Day Trusted Workshop, Intro to CPMI Class, more about the CPMI methodology and certification, more insights about AI and insurance, some of the other resources that WiseDocs has. So really wanted to thank you, Connor, so much for being a part of our AI Today podcast and sharing your insights with our audience. Thanks so much, Ron. Thanks, Kathleen. It was great to to be on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. This has been such a wonderful discussion. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. I definitely encourage you to check that out. And we'll link to the, you know, the seven patterns like Ron talked about, our CPMAI methodology, also resources as well. I encourage you to check that out. We have a new resources page and I'll link to that as well. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, Check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Bye.